Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry, with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. First thing you got to learn is you don't listen to losers because it's the fastest who gets paid. And it's a race from here on, no matter what happens. He's got him this time. Here they come on turn four. Must go faster. It's going to be a drag race. They touch, they touch. Oh, my God. He's going to do it. It's a video game move. Have you ever? No, I've never. Wow. Unbelievable. (laughs) You ain't first, you're last. Welcome to Running Hot Action Network's Motorsports Betting Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Giffen, predictive analyst here at Action Network. And joining me, my co-host, Stephen Young of Rotogrinders, better known as Stevie TPFL. And this week, we're talking bets for the Southern 500 here on Running Hot. Last weekend's race at Daytona was won by Chris Busher. Busher grabbing his third win of the year. I don't think anybody was expecting to say that. Coming into the season, Busher was pushed to the win by teammate RFK Racing and co-owner Brad Keselowski. While Eric Almarola in a must-win situation, he had to win to get his way into the playoffs, only able to come home in third place, thus keeping him out of the 2023 NASCAR Cup Series season playoffs. So, Stevie, twofold question. One, what do you think of the race? And two, let's talk playoffs. What do you got there? So, Tell me what you think about the race first. Racing was kind of wild, right? I mean, there was a lot of passing. There was a lot of pushing. It was everything we kind of expected it was going to be. There was a lot of chaos. There wasn't really like necessarily like the big one, but I mean, the racing was great. So do we always need a big one? I don't think so. Good for Chris Busher and Brad Keselowski. I mean, Brad committed to pushing his car. I mean, that's as much of a Brad win as a, a Busher win. Let's be honest. Brad owns a good majority of the team now. So it's a positive bump for Brad to get five more points for Busher for the playoff points as well, because Busher's definitely in a better position than Brad is to make a final four run as far as the playoffs is concerned anyway. So really good racing. It was really cool to see Amarola up there mixing it up. Briscoe was up there a lot of the day as well, mixing it up. Really happy that Ryan Priest is okay. I've seen a lot of wrecks I've been watching NASCAR for a very long time, and I have never seen a car generate that much speed when it started flipping. It was wild. looked like a video game. So glad that 
Ryan Priest is okay. And I talked about this on the morning grind this week, but Ryan Blaney should definitely be thankful because that's the same type of wreck that killed Dale Earnhardt. And had Dale Earnhardt not got killed, tragedy, don't get me wrong, but the safety that has come from Dale Earnhardt's wreck has saved lives. And Ryan Blaney should be very thankful because he hit the wall at 175 miles an hour and he hit it hard and he still, he, he got out of the car and walked away. And I mean, Dale Earnhardt, unfortunately, was not able to do that. So the safety walls, the car itself, yeah, it just kind of goes to where we are as NASCAR as a whole, safety-wise. I mean, Ryan Blaney's hit was, I think, worse than Ryan Priest's hit. And I think everyone's talking about Ryan Priest's hit because they don't want to talk about Ryan Blaney's hit. Yeah, I agree with you there. You look at the flex in that safer barrier. That thing gave so much, as it's supposed to. That's exactly what it was designed to do for these high-speed impacts. Add in the Hans device the better seats, the better roll bars and and all sorts of stuff, the way the car is meant to crumple and absorb the energy, all of the safety innovations really helped Ryan Blaney there for him to walk away uninjured. I mean, he didn't just, you know, walk away with his life. He walked away uninjured, which is amazing. So let's also not take for granted the safety because someday something's going to happen and it's not going to be the best. But in this situation, it certainly was. It's auto racing. When you're going at super high speeds, things are are possible to happen, but very thankful for all the safety innovations we have. But do want to move on to the playoff picture. 16 drivers in the playoffs. Bubba Wallace did secure the last spot by having Chris Buescher win, who already had one. It didn't allow a new winner to bump Bubba Wallace out of the playoffs. So the 16 car field is set. Stevie, maybe just some quick thoughts if you want to give who maybe your first four out are and maybe a, a championship prediction or something like that. Whatever you want. What do you think? I'm glad that Bubba got in. I feel like he definitely deserves it. They've had a really good season. They had a couple like bad races, but outside of that, they've had like a really consistent season. They've had multiple chances to win races this year. I actually have Bubba going into the round of 12. I was talking to you pre-show and I was debating and I, I really think that Bubba has a good chance some intermediate tracks 2311 should be really strong on all three of these tracks and he was strong at Darlington earlier this year so my first four out right now are Stenhouse, McDowell, Reddick, and Keselowski so and these are actually three really good tracks for Stenhouse I wouldn't be shocked I'm just kind of playing the odds you were talking about it I'll let you give your thoughts but your driver out would be Stenhouse in for me so yeah, I mean, overall, I think the playoffs are going to be fantastic. I think the biggest thing to take away on the betting side of things from playoffs is like you have these two car teams like RCR where Kyle Bush and Austin Dillon, they're going to fully focus now on Kyle Bush. You're going to have two teams fully focused on Kyle Bush. He's going to have great equipment. He's going to have everything that he needs until he's knocked out. The other thing to kind of think about is now some cars can play tests, right? We saw this last year with Roush Fenway-Keslowski. I talked about it last year. I talked to some of the guys last year. I think it was at Darlington, actually, where they said that they were going into full test mode. So I think depending on the teams, depending on the drivers, like a Todd Gillen can test for McDowell, right? Like that is something Austin Dillon can test for Kyle Busch and test for next year. So the one difference is like Chase Elliott can't test yet, but Alex Bowman can. Chase Elliott's still in the owner's championship point. So I think we're going to see like the edge is more of like who potentially is testing and like who's getting the full focus here. Yeah, well, even then in testing, you know, last year RFK was in testing mode. They hit it at some tracks, namely yep. like Homestead, for example, Bristol. So they were able to absolutely nail it at some of these tracks where they were testing. 
And what that means is going into testing mode doesn't mean you're going to be worse. It just means your variance is bigger. It means you might hit on something or it means you could absolutely whiff and miss. So your variance becomes wider if you are in testing mode. So to tag off of your first four getting eliminated, we're actually pretty similar. So I have Michael McDowell getting eliminated pretty easily. And then I have Joey Logano getting eliminated. So I think this is not a great sequence of tracks for Logano. He has not had a good Bristol finish since the first Bristol race of 2019. They've struggled at intermediates this year at one and a half mile, the Vegas, Kansas, Texas, Charlotte style tracks. Joey Logano has really struggled for speed in the mid teens in flags at speed at these types of tracks. So that hurts him for Kansas. And then Darlington, he wasn't very good earlier this year. I know he was up there late in the race when he had that wreck with Martin Truex Jr., but that wasn't because he was fast. It just he kind of found himself up there at the front late in the race. But he was down in the bottom half of the teens in flags as well for Darlington the first race. So I got Joey Logano second out. I really like Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Great set of tracks for him, but I do have him third out and just barely missing out in a coin flip. For me, versus a couple other drivers, I'm going to say Bubba Wallace just barely misses the cut, but I really like him, and I do think he has a very strong chance of getting in. So those are my first four out for the playoffs. But we need to talk a little bit of Darlington. So Darlington is a little over one and a third mile egg-shaped oval. It's got some steep banking in the corners, 23 and 25 degrees banking in the corners. Old, old surface, meaning lots of tire wear. So just a classic Southern 500 Darlington race. Very excited for it. Stevie, what kind of racing can we expect at Darlington? Fantastic racing. I mean, any kind of car, any kind of package we've taken to Darlington, we've had good racing here for years. And it was a track that was kind of like falling off about eight, nine years ago because of when they had it. And then like they brought back like this like Southern 500 classic like old paint schemes type of race. And like, because of how old the surface has gotten at Darlington, the racing just has been phenomenal. I mean, anytime a caution comes out, you're taking four. I mean, it could be 15 laps into a run because it's two, three, four seconds sometimes between the start of and and the end of run, what you're seeing speed wise. So the racing is typically phenomenal comparing it to somewhere. I mean, it's tough because, you know, you look at, Homestead, it's 1.5. It's very steep around. You can comp it to Homestead. We haven't been to Homestead yet this season, so it's tough to kind of comp it there. You can kind of comp it to Auto Club. Auto Club is a a two-mile lay-the-hammer-down track where you're using a lot more and trying to ease into the corners at Darlington. So, I mean, those are the two, like, really high-wear tracks. We're seeing Vegas become higher and higher in tire wear. I think you can, you know, start throwing Vegas maybe in the mix, but... I like just kind of looking at like overall intermediate speed. We haven't had a lot of intermediate races here recently. So I think going into this week, it's like, who's going to be fast? I mean, it's really tough. I mean, Michigan, we saw some cars that were really fast, you know, that have been fast. And that was really kind of our last like intermediate. But like, again, Michigan's a big track where it's lay the hammer down the whole way. So comping Darlington is really tough. And I know that's like your specialty. Really interested to hear your take. But man, Darlington is kind of its own like Darlington. (laughs) It is. It is. Now, Homestead is definitely the number one comp for Darlington. Another high tire wear track. You mentioned the steep banking. Similar turn radius. I know if Darlington didn't have that egg shape, it would be 
you know, what we call a true oval and Homestead is what's called a true oval uh, with 180 degree turns in each corner and then just two straightaways, two very straight straightaways. So Homestead is the best comp for Darlington. You see the same guys who run well at Homestead run well at Darlington, typically, you know, your Kyle Larson's, et cetera, but definitely not a perfect comp. I agree with you, intermediate speed overall, but I also think you can just pull in what I call steep tracks, a little bit of Dover, a little bit of Bristol. There's kind of a driving style to having that high banking, those 180 degree turns that lends itself to a certain kind of driving style. I think that's why we see somebody maybe like a Ricky Stenhouse Jr. who can kind of do well here, does well at Bristol, et cetera. There's a lot of correlation. It's not perfect, right? You get a guy like Ryan Blaney who struggles at Homestead and Darlington, but it's much better at Bristol. But you can still use it a little bit. So I use intermediates a little bit. I use steep tracks a little bit. But mostly I'm using Darlington itself and then some Homestead as well when I'm trying to you know comp it. So definitely a tough track to cap because it is so unique. I should say at least to comp because it is so unique. But Hey, that's what we have to work with. So I am expecting a very, very exciting race, but it is time to dive into some bets. As always, we're going to take you for a lap around Darlington. That's four turns, one pick from Stevie, one pick from myself per turn before we drive in the victory lane. Stevie, we got to take the green flag on these playoffs here. Let's drive into turn one. This is Ryan Blaney and we're running hops. All right, what do you got for us in turn one, Stevie? I'm going to go to my boy, Ricky Stenhouse. I think these we we have some really like tight odds across the board this week, but getting Ricky Stenhouse Jr. at a top 10 at plus 350 is nice value, in my opinion. He ranked 13th in green flag speed here earlier this year, ranked top 10 in speed at Charlotte, which is the same tire code. Doesn't really have a lot of merit, but it's the same tire code that they're running. Steep tracks are really good for Ricky Stenhouse. We see him good at Bristol. We see him good at Darlington. He finished eighth last year at Darlington. If he can avoid trouble, which is always his biggest issue, I think he'll have close to top 10 speed. We always see some crazy stuff happen at Darlington with tire strategy. We see guys racing for leads and running second and third and get into each other. Like There's enough variance. I feel like if he is like a... 11th to 15th place car he has a chance for a top 10 so getting it at plus 350 seems like nice value here i very very much agree with you ricky stenhouse jr you mentioned he was 13th in green flag speed earlier this season he was actually 12th in flags which is you know adjusting for healthy cars adjusting for track position things like that to really find what i call true speed but flags field level adjusted green speed so you know, right on the cusp of a top 10 in speed, getting him at plus 350. Really like that value there. For my turn one pick, I'm going to go to a guy we've talked about a bunch. I'm going to take Bubba Wallace to win his group at plus 275. That group includes him, Ryan Blaney, Joey Logano, and Ty Gibbs. And Darlington has been a pretty bad track for Ryan Blaney throughout his career. Uh, And Ty Gibbs, really struggles at the Darlington Homestead types. If you look not just in the Cup Series, but even in the Xfinity Series, he wasn't really killing it at this track type. We look earlier this year at flags in the first Darlington race, almost said Daytona, Darlington race. Bubba Wallace was sixth in flags. Blaney was 10th. Joey Logano was 15th. And Ty Gibbs was 21st. Ty Gibbs was just ahead of a couple of guys. Oh, Todd Gilliland and Noah Gregson. That's not the company you want to be in when we're talking speed there. You know, this is a good track for Noah Gregson, who, of course, won't be racing this weekend. Carson Hosevar are going to be in that car. But you don't want to be in the 20s in flags going up against, you know, your pseudo teammate, your Toyota teammate, who's sixth in flags in Bubba Wallace there. So Bubba Wallace is the fastest of the four cars in the first race here. 
And two of these guys really struggled this track. This is kind of a good track for Joey Logano. But even then, again, he was only around 15th in speed. He found his way up in the front few rows late in the race, ended up getting in a wreck anyway and not having as good a finish. But certainly I think Bubba Wallace overall best intermediate flags as well. So I really like Bubba Wallace to win this group at plus 275. Yeah, Logano, he had good speed at Auto Club, but that's really the only like big intermediate track that he's had any kind of speed. I don't think he's been top 10 in speed at any other intermediate track this season. So I like this group. I almost put this on our sheet to talk about as well. I put this on the betting page at Rotogrinder. So I'm with you on this. I am very much already on this with you. Glad that you put it on the sheet because... We moved something around on the sheet for Victory Lane, and I was going to put this on there, and you had already had it, and I was like, all right, well, you know, so... But yeah, very much interested in this to one. To be fair, that was the same with Stenhouse. I saw you had it on the sheet, and I was going to put it on the sheet. So Steve <laughs> and I basically have victory lane in turn one already. <laughs> pretty pretty in sync turn one. So I guess we're going to have to you know continue to ride the wall, hopefully not get a black stripe as we head into turn two. I'm Denny Hamlin, and this is turn two here on Running Hot. All right, Stevie, we're close to the wall in turn two. Keep us off the wall. Give us something good. I really like this head-to-head. I don't love head-to-heads when it comes to the playoffs. They're all like minus 115 everywhere. But I like this one. It's Kyle Busch over Christopher Bell, plus 105. We talked about it last week. Bell potentially getting Gibbs' pit crew. Well, that happened. So I really do think that could potentially help Bell. They were both very similar in speed the first time we were here earlier this year. But at the end of the day, Kyle Busch was fantastic. He ran, I think he had the second best average running position. He ran in top five almost the whole race until they made a bad adjustment late in the race. And his car just went terrible. Like I was listening to it back and I was like, oh, I forgot all about that. So Kyle was like a top three car the whole race earlier this year. He's someone that I have an outright on already as well for this week. And I think he will have the speed here. We talked about how two car teams can really kind of focus on one car. Really like Kyle Busch over Christopher Bell. No offense to Christopher Bell. He's one of my favorites. You know, you have Denny Hamlin and Martin Truex Jr. in your camp as well. The focus is spread out here. So like Kyle Busch over Christopher Bell at plus money. Yeah, I agree with you. Kyle Busch earlier this year, fourth in flags and Christopher Bell eighth in flags. And again, that includes that portion where Kyle's car just kind of went off there at the end. So even accounting for that, he was still four spots ahead of Christopher Bell in true speed earlier this year. For my turn to pick, I'm going to lean uh, lean on you a little bit in the turn. Uh, maybe you can help push me to, to making this a full pick. We'll have to see. But I'm going to go with Alex Bowman to win his group versus Eric Jones, Ty Gibbs, and the guy we mentioned earlier, Bubba Wallace. So that's really the tough one here is Bubba Wallace. Also, make sure to shop around because this group where Bowman is 4-1 to one to win this group, the exact same group, he is plus 275 to win at some books. So really shop around. If you're just line shopping, you're getting crazy value taking 4-1 to one versus 2.75 to 1. Now, if we look at the rest of the group, I mentioned earlier, Jones was 20th in flags. Well, Gibbs was 21st. Jones was one spot ahead of him in 20th in flags earlier this year. Now, Bowman did not run earlier this year at Darlington, but Bowman does have top 10 finishes in one third of his Darlington starts with Hendrick Motorsports. Not a great track for him, but also not a terrible track for him by any means. So this really, you know, if Jones and Gibbs are are kind of in that middling 20s, high teens range again, because Eric Jones is the defending race winner 
of this race. But that Legacy Motor Club team has been slow this year overall, especially in comparison to last year. And then Ty Gibbs, not a great track for him. So if this does come down to Bubba versus Bowman, Bubba definitely should be favored. And favored quite a bit. But I wouldn't say this heavily over Alex Bowman. If you look at the 4-1 to one to win the group versus, like let's say, the 2.75 at other books. So the other nice thing I like about this bet Remember, I bet Bubba Wallace in turn one to win his group. But if Bubba does have a bad day, that opens the door up for Alex Bowman to win this group. So I feel like between turn one and turn two, I'm going to win one of these bets. It really is like a natural plus EV hedge to Bubba Wallace. I think both bets are plus EV, and then this becomes a natural hedge to that turn one bet. You really reduce your variance that way. So, uh, you know, I think this is a way where I could lose turn one and win turn two, or I could just win turn one and then not win turn two. And hey, if things really lucky, you could win both turns one and turn two with these group bets. Yeah, Eric Jones getting a lot of love this week. It's a great racetrack for Eric Jones. The switch coming up from Chevy to Toyota, Always has me kind of hesitant about Eric Jones right now. I don't feel like this team's getting hardly any support from Chevy right now. This team's ready to move on to Toyota. So I'm just worried about like Eric Jones' overall speed for the next 10 races. And I've kind of been worried about this for the last 10 races too. So, I mean, definitely don't mind Bowman over Jones. I think the hardest one is Bubba Gibbs. I mean, he's the fourth car in. They switched the pit crews with Noah Gregson, kind of everything that happened with Noah Gregson, like, People aren't talking about it, but Ty Gibbs is locked into Rookie of the Year. I mean, he's not really racing for anything at this point outside of experience and testing stuff. So he's Rookie of the Year, and he's in a great position to go out and learn racetracks and test things that might work for him next year. Uh, I mean, once you win Rookie of the Year, I think next year Ty Gibbs' goal with this team is going to be making the playoffs. So, yeah, I think Ty Gibbs is someone that is on that list of, like, he's either going to be really good or really bad from here on out. And, like, he's just going to be testing stuff. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I guess the only thing he does have to run for is best of the rest. You can still get 17th in points, which I think does pay something extra by being the best of the non-playoff cars. But you're right. He's he's probably going to be learning a lot, testing for next year and testing for his teammates. Let's be real. So I, I think I'm going to lean Bowman in this. Maybe I'll, I'll convince myself before we get into the weekend that I'll actually end up betting this. But make sure to, you know, follow me in the Action app. Check out the Action Network Discord, etc., to see if I end up making this a full pick. So those were turns one and two. We have to head down to this backstretch, but before we move on to turn three, I want to remind you that, gentlemen, first impressions matter. And if you're not taking care of your skin, it's going to be the first thing someone notices and instantly either thinks you're way older than you are or you just don't care about your appearance. Show them you do and make a great first impression with Caldera Lab. Caldera Lab creates high-performance men's skincare products, and the regimen leads off their product lineup, a twice-a-day routine to transform your skin. The Caldera regimen is just three products, the clean slate, the base layer, and the good. Just like motorsports betting, where we start each week with a clean slate, the clean slate will start and end your day, leaving all skin types feeling refreshed. My personal favorite, of course, is the base layer. It's your daily moisturizer, which I find extra useful to hydrate my skin and prevent myself from drying up in this dry Vegas desert heat. The good helps tighten your skin. It's packed with antioxidants. In fact, it is packed just in this little bottle with 3.4 million antioxidant units to protect your skin. 
By using the regimen daily, you're using product packed with nature's purest and most potent ingredients. And you know me, I'm a data guy. Data shows that 94% of men's skin showed an overall younger looking appearance after using the products just for a few weeks. Start now and you'll look younger before the end of the 2023 motorsports season. And there's more. The Caldera Lab Icon Eye Serum addresses the three most common concerns around the eyes. That would be fine lines, dark circles, and that old puffiness. So one minute in the morning and at night is all it takes to reduce wrinkles, fine lines, and signs of aging. And just for the running hot audience, we have an exclusive offer. Their best offer anywhere. Use code RUNNING at calderalab.com and get 20% off right now. That's 20% off with code RUNNING at calderalab.com. Make unforgettable first impressions that lead to the charming words, you look younger. 20% off at calderalab.com with code RUNNING. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands. So you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most, when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. NASCAR betting season is here, so get in on the action with the king of sportsbooks. Sign up with BetMGM using bonus code ACTION and get up to $1,000 paid back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Michigan, Mississippi, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Puerto Rico, Tennessee, Virginia, Washington, D.C., West Virginia, Wyoming, or Ontario only. Must be 21 or older to wager, 19 or older in Ontario. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona, 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, D.C., Kansas, Louisiana, Nevada, Wyoming, or Virginia, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan, 1-800-GAMBLER in Indiana, Maryland, New Jersey, or West Virginia, 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. Call or text the Tennessee Red Line at 800-889-9789 or call 1-888-777-9696 in Mississippi. In Ontario, if you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, please contact Connects Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, and Utah and other states where prohibited. Promotional offers not available in Nevada and New York. All right, Stevie. We have two more turns left here at Darlington, so we're going to dive into turn three. I'm Austin Dillon, driver of the number three, and this is turn three here on Running Hot. 
What do you got for us as we dive into turn three, Stevie? I think this is a make or break weekend for the one team, Ross Chastain. If he struggles this weekend, I think it's going to be a struggle for him the next couple weeks. I think he's going to be really solid, though. I hope so anyway. So I'm going to take Ross Chastain top five plus 160. My feeling here is like Chastain's going to be fast in practice and qualifying, and it's going to move this line where I'm not going to want to jump on it. So I'm jumping on it a little early. If he struggles, I mean, I might look to other avenues of betting him as well. But I mean, Chastain, he struggled, right? But we look at his intermediate speed this year, and he's been fast at every single intermediate track outside of like one. So I really do think like this is the type of racetrack if we just overlook how bad he was at Charlotte and just say, hey, if he struggles this weekend, maybe he's going to miss the second round of the playoffs. But he's going to Darlington. This is a great racetrack for him. He's very strong at this type of racetrack. He ranks top five in speed on intermediate tracks overall. And we know Rock's Chastain on steep tracks, man. So hopefully him and Truex stay away from each other and him and Kyle Larson stay away from each other. He had incidents (laughs) with both of those guys earlier this year. Him and Kyle Larson were battling for the the lead late in the race earlier this year. And yeah, Chastain did Chastain things. Kyle did Kyle things. I don't, I don't even know what to really kind of call it. But yeah, so whose fault it was, who knows. But yeah, Chastain had a top three car here earlier this year. So I'm going to go with a top five plus 160 here. Yeah, not only did he have a top three car. I mean, he was number one in flags for this race last year. Better than Martin Truex Jr. in flags. But those two, I think, were, were the two class of the field, so to speak. Truex leading 145 laps, Ross Chastain leading 93 laps. So right there with you, it's six of one, half dozen of the other. You know, we love Ross Chastain. He's great at these tracks, but he's been a little bit poor here. So not poor here, but poor recently. So I think this is such a good track for him. He's been great here everywhere, like Cup Series, Xfinity Series, etc. Also, if you shop around, right, you can get this a plus 160, as Stevie mentioned. I've seen this as low as minus 110. So plus 160, super value. So great find there, Stevie. For my turn three pick, I'm going to go to a top 10 bet, and I'm going to take the guy that needed to win to get into the playoffs, one of many, but the one that I mentioned who finished third last week, Eric Almirola, top 10, eight to one. Eric Almirola earlier this year at this track, he was 17th in flags. So, you know, kind of one of those mid-teens cars. But if you're a mid-teens car and we get the late race silliness that often happens at Darlington that gives you a shot to finish inside the top 10 I mean look at Harrison Burton he finished 14th or he's finished sixth I should say earlier this year so Eric Almirola certainly could finish in the top 10 if he's hanging out in that mid-range in speed also with Stuart Haas racing in 10 Darlington starts he does have two top 10s which of course is a 20 percent top 10 rate that 20 percent rate if that were his long-term average that would equate to four to one as fair odds in the betting market. So we're getting eight to one. And not only has he finished in the top 10 twice, he has two finishes of 11th here with Stuart Haas racing and one of 12th. So like he's been either inside the top 10 or on the cusp of a top 10 finish in half of his Darlington starts with Stuart Haas racing. Add in, like I said, a pretty solid car earlier this year where, you know, he was 17th in flags. I think eight to one, just too long for a top 10 finish. Gosh, I I hear everything you just said. I love the the eight to one like thought process and the fact that like he was top twenty in flags. Like anybody top twenty in speed at plus eight hundred is fine. I, I just feel like I don't know. It's not my favorite, but I, I like the odds. I'll leave it at that. I just 
for me, uh, Stuart Haas has just been down all year. So it's really hard for me to get excited about them anywhere. But I mean, this is a type of track that has high tire wear and Stuart Haas throughout the years has always been good at high tire wear racetracks. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's just a math formula, right? Does he finish in the top yep. 10 more than 11.1% of the time? So yeah, I think so. But that is the uncomfortable for me, <laughs> for Stevie, for me, turn three. But that means we have one more turn left. Time to drive into turn four. I'm Connor Daly, and this is turn four here on Running Hot. All right, last turn here, Stevie. Give us a good one. You're definitely flirting with some black stripes here. I mean, you're turn three and turn four picks, so I'll let you get to that in just a second. But so Kevin Harvick to win this race is plus 1800. So 18 to one to win this race. I like this for a half a unit. I don't like a full unit on this until we kind of see where he's at practice and qualifying. But if he does come out and have speed and practice and qualifying, Kevin Harvick like type of race. He's going to move from 18 to 1. So I'm jumping on this one early. He was 8th in green flag speed and finished 2nd here earlier this season. He was one of the best cars late in that race. Yeah, probably not a 2nd place car, but he definitely had good speed at the end of that race. And Nick, we talk about it so much anytime we go to these high tire wear racetracks. I mean, this guy dominated Atlanta for years when that track was abrasive. And anytime we go to Darlington, we know Kevin Harvick's going to be in the mix my concern with Kevin Harvick is every interview and every time I see this guy, he just seems checked out. Like if he gets knocked out of the playoffs, he's just going to be in cruise control mode. But I think Kevin definitely has some fight left in him. And I think that this is actually a really good set of three tracks for him. So I think Kevin Harvick is kind of like that sleeper final four pick when we look at like the tracks that are left. But I think he's going to need I think he's going to need some help next round. But I like Kevin Harvick at 18 to one to get the win here. Yeah, he will need some help next round. I think Talladega is a good spot for him to get that help. Certainly one of his best chances to win would be at a drafting track. He was in the mix this past weekend at Daytona for the win there on that last restart. Didn't work out. Obviously, he had his teammate, Eric Almarola running above him high and it just didn't quite work out there. But I guess with your feelings about my Almirola pick, I have those feelings about the Harvick pick. Here. Oh yeah. It's tough for me to get behind this guy. Like you said, he seems checked out. He was only eighth in flags earlier this year. So just not quite there in terms of like a race winning speed for me at Darlington and just doesn't seem to have the monstrous upside that he you know, used to have. He used to dominate races, and he just doesn't really have that upside. He's not been leading laps. So for me, I wouldn't do Harvick at 18, but I understand the thought process for sure. Definitely one of his best tracks remaining. Obviously, Phoenix, the championship race, is a great track for him, but certainly Darlington is among the better tracks remaining for Kevin Harvick. Just a, a very solid track for the old man here, but... Speaking of old man, I'm going to go to the young man for my turn four pick. We're going to go with young Harrison Burton for a top 10 finish at 16 to 1. 16 to 1 for a top 10 finish on Harrison Burton. Harrison Burton, I, I kind of alluded to him in the Eric Almarola pick, but Burton was even faster than Almarola earlier this year at Darlington. Burton was 14th in flags, and that is what led in part to his sixth place finish. He was fast and he avoided the chaos, finished sixth. I mean, we're getting a guy 16 to one who finished sixth earlier this year at this racetrack and was 14th in speed. It was a uh, 14th finishing position in his first Darlington race last year. And if you take his three Darlington finishes in the Cup Series, his average finish is 13.7. 
So, I mean, we're, we're talking about a guy that is in the top half of the field on average over the last three, his only three career Darlington Cup starts. Also looking down in the Xfinity series where he came from, he finished second at Darlington in his final Xfinity race at this track. He also won a race at Homestead, Darlington's most similar track in the Xfinity series. So great track type for Harrison Burton, and he's performed well. He's backed that up in the Cup series, 16-1 to for a top 10. His dad was really good here too, for what it's worth, but... You know, you look at his intermediate stats this year, they've been absolutely awful. I think he's like 28th or 29th in speed overall. One race this year, he's been top 15 in speed. It was Darlington. So I like this way more than your Eric Emerald pick. Like, you sold me on this one because Harrison Burton, I feel like, is young and, like, he's very motivated still. And the fact that, like, there was a report that came out that they're, like, switching crew chiefs, I think that's great for him. Like, they pretty much said in the report that – this is for the end of this year and next year. So, I mean, does that mean Burton's back in this car next year? That's a boost of confidence as well. So, great racetrack for him. Great racetrack type for him. I don't mind this at 16. I might actually tail this. Yeah, this is uh, uh, this is one I don't mind. All he has to do is do this more than 5.9% of the time, right? Those are the implied odds at 16 to 1. So, as long as you think you can finish in the top 10 more than 5.9% of the time, it is definitely a good value bet. So, Harrison Burton, my turn for pick. You mentioned something. You mentioned that crew chief switch. So him and Austin Sindrick switching crew chiefs, right? Harrison Burton in that Wood Brothers Ford is kind of an affiliate of Team Penske. So they're switching crew chiefs with that Team Penske, Austin Sindrick team there. We also forgot to touch on Christopher Bell getting that Ty Gibbs pit crew. And then Bell's pit crew is going over to Ty Gibbs. So a change there because Ty Gibbs is out of the playoffs. Bell getting that pit crew. That's something we talked about when I took Bell 14-1 to to win the championship. That has since come true. I ran some numbers yesterday, two days ago, something like that, showing that it is a pretty significant upgrade here. So another little boost there for Christopher Bell as well throughout these playoffs. But those returns, one through four, that means there is only one thing left to do at the Darlington Southern 500. Stevie, we got to take the checkered flag. We got to take the trophy and we got to drive into victory lane. What do you got for us in victory lane, Stevie? I mean, I think we're going to go to a guy that's found victory lane here very, very, very many times. So Denny Hamlin plus 850 over on BetMGM. Best line that I could find on Denny as well. Plus 700 most places, 750 a couple places. So getting this at plus 850 over on BetMGM, definitely the line you want to take advantage of here. Hamlin ranks second in speed on intermediate tracks this season. He's great at managing his tires while still putting down really good laps and he got into the wall early in the spring race and just never kind of really bounced back from it. It just had a really off race. It was a very non-Denny Hamlin type of race. So this guy is always in contention to win at the Southern 500 and at Darlington in general. So Denny Hamlin at plus 850, if he comes out and he puts down any kind of qualifying lap, which we know he will, this line's going to move closer to like what Kyle Larson is sitting at, I feel like. Larson, I think, is at 5-1. to one. And I do think like Larson is the favorite to win. But I think Denny is really close to Larson. And we're getting, you know, what, plus 350 extra for Hamlin right now. So, yeah, I, I like Denny a lot as, like, I kind of think even at 850, this is value this week. Oh, yeah. I, I'm right there with you. I said midweek, if Denny is still plus 850 at that MGM, He's going to be one of my picks, uh, and I assumed you'd be on it too, so I was figuring this would be our victory lane pick. Sure enough, you had it in the outline. I was happy to see that, so this is definitely our victory lane pick. 
you mentioned, you know, earlier this year, he kind of, he struggled, but Denny did hit the wall in stage one. And if we look at Denny's speed prior to hitting the wall and after hitting the wall, it's a tale of two Denny Hamlins. For the whole race, flags is for a healthy car. So if I use the whole race and say, well, he still ran the whole race, his car was healthy enough. He comes in 16th in flags earlier this year. But if I just look prior to hitting the wall, he was third in flags overall, if I look at healthy car speed for that portion of the race. So definitely Denny Hamlin was a contender to win this race early on in the race, got in the wall, killed his car. He even mentioned on Actions Detrimental, his podcast, that it, it hurt his car and ruined his race. So with a healthy car, I think he's in contention to win that race. So really like Denny Hamlin, eight and a half to one, bet MGM, definitely one of my picks this week. So that is going to do it for us. Thank you for listening to the Southern 500 episode of Running Hot Action Network's Motorsports Betting Podcast. We'll be back this time next week to talk about bets for the Hollywood Casino 400 at Kansas. On behalf of my co-host, Stephen Young, thanks again for listening. And we'll see you back here next week on Running Hot from Action Network. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.